All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording the Saturday, uh, actually on January 7th. Uh, typically, we record on the Tuesday and drop on the Wednesday, but with uh, just with everything that was going on there after the Monday nighter, we just kind of felt like maybe Tuesday and Wednesday weren't our best days to be talking about football and fantasy football and whatnot and and um, giving time to obviously reflect on what had happened and and wait for some positive news before we, we got on the podcast. So uh, as we got positive news throughout the week, uh, our schedules just didn't mesh. So we're recording Saturday morning and we're going to drop here shortly after recording. But uh, we're here recording our episode number 75. Uh, we're covering over uh, some fantasy championship implications, stuff like that. Uh, but predominantly, we're going to be talking about Damar Hamlin. Um, but before we get started here, we'll say hello to the fellas. And, uh, and then we'll get things rolling. So uh, it's the weekend. I know a big tournament here, Armin, this uh, this weekend. But uh, what's, what's been going on here the last little bit? <laughs> hey, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got a home tournament. So lucky enough that we can record uh, before I have to go for any games or anything. Because uh, otherwise, today's a busy, busy, busy day. But, uh, um you know, happy that uh, Zach won in our, uh, the league I commission, and it was a good, good, uh, well-fought game by him, and he, he had a good season. Um, also, as I was getting ready for the pod this morning, I was eating um, some buns, and they smelled a little weird, and I looked at it, and it was moldy. So do you guys know, can you eat mold and uh, not get sick or anything? I've never actually looked this up before <laughs> here we go hot start to the morning for her i yeah. have no idea. <clears throat> i think you're fine like isn't cheese mold like i don't know i think you're good i have no clue <laughs> yeah honest. i'm gonna have to look that up after the pod here maybe that seems like a zach more. question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also look at the mug i i have you oh yeah that's a good one right there you can't spell paradise without pa that's a good one armin i like that one it's a lot better than what I've been going on here. Uh, Zach, put yourself here. What's uh, What's been keeping you busy? I know you, you're you a lucky bugger. You had a few extra days off in comparison to us here. Yeah, it's been it's been real sweet having this full week after uh, New Year's off. Uh, I've been taking it pretty slow. Uh, on Tuesday, it's my wife's birthday, so getting together with some friends tonight. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Armin, for uh, hosting the that keeper league pretty happy that it worked out for me there in the finals and uh congrats there jc on winning uh the dynasty league that we're in together um and as far as the mold goes uh i i don't know but i think we'll have to wait and see on this one armin uh thank you the you're the test pig here let us know what happens nice (laughs) trial and error here yeah, if I suddenly have to dip out, you guys know what happened. Yeah, I have my I have my hypothesis, but I don't exactly know if the science is going to follow through. So <laughs> keep us up to date there, Aaron. Um, yeah, thanks, Zach. I appreciate that. It was um, obviously for a lot of people, if you're connected to football, and I know there are some people that listen to the podcast or even texting me and not only asking about, you know, some if, if we have any information about what's going on, but also uh, the fantasy football aspect of Oh, how, what is this impl- like? What are the implications here? What is what are you guys doing? What have you heard people are doing? What should we be doing, et cetera, et cetera? So, uh, we're we're gonna be talking about that uh, a little bit here. But first, we want to talk about obviously the situation. So, uh, it's it's unfortunate. Obviously, the um, we're talking fantasy football. That's what we do. Um, but we are football fans. We coach football. We've played football. We do fantasy football. We talk about that all the time. We're football fans, um, and I know. Uh, Army you might be able to attest to this. A couple of years back, we had a pretty serious injury from one of our one of our own football players at from St. Mary. Obviously, nothing to the magnitude of this, but it was incredibly emotional watching that football player being injured on that field. Parents coming down to support that player, the ambulance coming to pick him up, taking him to the hospital, and obviously nothing even close to the magnitude of this. But as a coach, the the emotions I felt personally was was overwhelming. Just like, is this kid be okay? We had, what, 15 seconds left of the football game. They just called it, and everybody was concerned about that player. Um, so I can only imagine the, the feelings of these players that, you know, you're with them every single day, all year round, just about. Um, and obviously a, a more significant uh, implication and, and a more serious uh, serious issue here. So uh, if, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with the situation, the Monday night, Tamar Hamlin, 
Uh, this he was a defensive back for the uh, the Buffalo Bills. I was making a tackle on T. Higgins. T. Higgins helmet had made contact with his chest, and his heart had stopped shortly after stepping or coming up from the tackle, uh, and had dropped to the ground. Uh, so if if now we are we are on a good trend here for Demar Hamlin, but obviously it's a very scary situation uh, Monday night, and then progressing Monday night into Tuesday, and then even progressing into Wednesday. It wasn't until Wednesday, Wednesday evening, we started hearing some positive news about Demar Hamlin. Um, but now, great news. Um, he has the breathing tube has been removed. Uh, he's been talking. <clears throat> excuse me. He's been talking with his players. Uh, he's been talking with his team with other teams around the NFL. Um, I believe it was on Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, we had got reports that he still had the breathing tube in, but he was being responsive and he was able to write questions with the doctor. And the first question he had asked was, did we win the football game? Um, so obviously football, uh, a major thing to him, but um, in this grand scheme of things, football was one of the least important things. And uh, I think we all could attest that football didn't matter in that situation. Uh, I think the the great thing that I'm going to take away from this, and I maybe get your guys' two cents here on the scenario. Uh, one, I have two things I think that uh, I think was awesome to see. One was the outpour for his charity, which maybe we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, and the, the two was the coaching staff getting together and talking, because there's rumors that they were like, even on the broadcast, they're saying, we're going to have a five minute break. We're going to get everybody warm back up. We're going to go. And between Sean McDermott and uh, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, they got together in the field and was like, no, like, are you good to go? Well, we're not good to go. Like, you, I don't know what the words were, but you can see the conversation was going back and forth that this game's not going to happen. And they eventually went back to the dressing rooms. Once again, more conversation was had between the coaching staff and I imagine some sort of NFL personnel. And eventually the game was called. So those two things stand out to me that I think a lot of people – think you know the NFL is a business and they want to keep going and and it seemed in that sense that maybe this game was going to progress but as a player as a coach as whatever there's no way that they were in a mindset to play that game when all they were concerned about was their players so for me those two things were what jumped out to but am I am I missing anything we'll, we'll talk about that charity implication there too and and we'll drop a link for the charity as well in our podcast docket um, when it goes out on on iTunes and it goes on Spotify, et cetera. But anything that you guys maybe want to talk about, we'll, we'll go around the horn and we'll go to, go to Zach first and then we'll go to Armin. If there's anything you want to add to this, this scenario. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a scary, a scary scene. Um, a scene that in the moment, it didn't seem too, too serious. Um, my family and I were sitting around the coach on the Monday watching it and, uh, after that hit, I think this would have been one of the last things I would have suspected uh, that was going to happen. So just kind of goes to show that uh, every single play is incredibly violent. And I think we've kind of, kind of become numb to the violence of football in, in certain respects. Um, it did remind me, though, of, uh, of the Kevin Everett injury uh, from, I think, like 2006 or 2007. Um, another Buffalo Bills tight end uh, was paralyzed as a result of a, a tackle that he made on special teams. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Uh, I think I was in grade grade nine when this happened. So it would have been like 07, I think. And uh, I remember like that happened on the Sunday, the Monday we were all at football practice after school and we're learning about special teams in grade nine and most of us are like, I don't know, maybe, maybe football, maybe special teams. It's uh, it's not for us because it was definitely a scary, a scary scene when that one happened uh, all those years ago. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that when, I don't know if you guys are the same, but for a large portion of that, uh, that Tuesday watching, you know, good morning NFL and they didn't talk obviously anything about football. It was all about Tamar Hamlin. And that was a lot of the interviews with ex-players and the players that, you know, personnel that are on these TV shows, a lot of them were previous players. And they talked about the the mindset of football that the best available, what is it? What's the phrase go? The best availability is, well, how's that? I can't remember how that's saying. The best ability is availability. There we go. Thank you. Um, they talked about that a lot and how it's just next man up. 
And yes, it's a business, but at the same time, you're dealing with human beings and these players go down to se severe injuries. And most of the times you see ACLs or, or something along those lines, you know, broken bones. And it's still, they talk about how emotional that still is for them when they see one of their players go down to an injury and then just the next guy up. But obviously this scenario is something so drastically different, but it's still like, I think the best thing you mentioned there, Zach, is just we become numb to it where it's, it's a physical sport and it's a dangerous sport. And, and that's something that, could happen every single play and it's obviously a freak accident uh but like it's it's hard to it's hard to put in perspective when we were just fans and we're sitting there watching but i couldn't i couldn't imagine being somebody on that sideline or somebody in that organization or a family member when it's just you go there to support your family member doing something they love and it's just incred incredibly dangerous sport and we just forget about that um anything you want to add there armand yeah like it's it is extremely emotional and we're just watching it from hundreds of miles away and um it's easy to like you said disassociate yourself with it and, and become numb to it but yeah like um being a part of injuries with coaching football i was a trainer with huskies for a while and and did a lot of work that way with with a lot of guys when they got injured and stuff and and then uh just um injuries with with other things like it's it's really emotional it's a it's a big deal and like it's these guys' livelihood and then also like not just not just the guy himself but the people around him and how how emotional that is for them too um seeing seeing that happen and being that close to it and realizing like that could have been me or or if I would have done something differently, what could I have done to, to help this guy and stuff like that, right? So um, thankfully he, he is alive and, and the training staff for the Buffalo Bills was Johnny on the spot and was able to save his life, which is, which is great to see, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the reports as of right now, which are all positive so far, uh, that cognitively he is, he's good. The breathing tube is out. He's communicating. So all reports as of right now, everything, he is in incredible condition for obviously where he was uh, about give or take five days ago, right? Um, I did mention the the charity. And lots of times in scenarios like this, uh, scary scenarios or, or you know, tragic events, um, we've seen where, you know, human, human nature is you want to help and you want to support. And I think you mentioned a good part there, Armin, that, we're several thousand miles away from the scenario, but you just feel helpless and, and, and you want to do something to help this person. And, and, and that was something that I think a lot of people jumped on board. I started, the Bills organization is unbelievable, especially the fan base. When you look at the first scenario, which it was what, week 13, maybe it was week 12, during the snowstorm when they ended up having to play in Detroit, the Bills mafia, they are unbelievable. They were out there shoveling the sidewalks in the streets so that way the players could get to the bus or they get their vehicles to wherever they needed to go to play like the dedication from those fans. Uh, but in this, in this situation, they jumped on this charity event or this charity drive that uh, DeMar Hamlin had put forward. And he started when he was in pit playing college and it was for, it's called the chasing M's foundation community toy drive. And his original, you know, drive was to accumulate $2,500 for this toy drive. And uh, watching a lot of these stories on Tamar Hamlin over the over the couple days following, uh, you know, just all the all positive about this man working hard, come from a tough situation and living out his dream, but wanting to always give back to his community. And twenty five hundred dollars, if you think about that, that's that's not a lot of money. But when you are all that money is going towards a charity, it's always about giving back. It's giving back. And he wanting to do that starting from college. And continuing on now it's it's an awesome awesome thing to do and the the bills bills fans jumped on that right away and then you started seeing on social media it started continuing so that original twenty five hundred dollar goal has obviously been surpassed and it is currently sitting at eight point two million dollars and you've seen anybody from random joe from down the street to tom brady matthew stafford all the different nfl organizations you can go down and you can scroll and you can see the people that have donated it. It's, it's incredible. Um, right now there's yeah, 238.1 thousand different donors to accumulate that 8.2 million. So 
like I said, lots of times in these tragic events, you see where something positive comes out of it. And obviously the big positive thing is that Tamar Hamlin is doing okay. Uh, but the secondary is that everybody wants to get together and be a part of something bigger and, and kind of get away from this emotional aspect and, and, and help in some sort of sense. And, and that's what uh, a lot of people have done so far. So that's, uh, that's been, for me, that was an awesome takeaway. Uh, we'll put the link to uh, be able to donate to the Chasing M's Foundation community in our in our podcast docket as well too. So if anybody out there listening think you know that's something that I'd like to be a part of as well, you know every little bit helps. Whether it's five bucks, twenty bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is, uh, same as us. You know we do so much. We do charity work with our podcast. It's important to us. Uh, obviously, it's very important to Demar Hamlin as well too. So every little bit helps um, and be able to help contribute to this um, Demar Hamlin uh, cause. Anything else here, fellows? Before we move move forward i think we've covered it here um obviously we're moving forward in a sense we're going to start talking some fantasy football and, and football moving forward um but we felt that we didn't really want to move forward until we we got some more information and obviously we got some positive information so our, our thoughts are continuing with demar hamlin and his family that he continues to recover but um we're going to continue on a path here the podcast and we're going to talk about so football as well too. So we're I, I I can say on behalf of Zach and Armin that we're very very thankful that he's doing well and hopefully continues on this uh, speedy recovery and uh, and in doing well. Football is such a secondary aspect and 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 obviously life was more important to this. So hopefully hopefully he does well and continues to uh, be able to live a you know a healthy life moving forward. Um, I guess the questions that came from a lot of this was how do we figure out fantasy championships? You know, the game was, I think, what were we seven minutes into the first quarter? Uh, how do we, how do we move forward and how do we decide champions? Because a lot of fantasy championships were going to be decided on this week 17. Um, I know in certain leagues, I don't know if uh, either of you two were impacted by these in your guys's leagues. Uh, but I know there are some leagues where the one player was drastically ahead there was ones where the player was drastically behind, but had two players playing. There are some I was <clears throat> some I was in where it was basically a coin flip, and they both had a player from each side. So it was one of those ones where, what the heck do you do? Um, so I guess maybe I'll I'll uh, throw it throw it to you guys first. But is in any of your leagues were you guys um, different from what we had discussed in in our in our leagues? like your outcomes um there is one league i'm in that uh there's a lot of guys that were still playing alan Diggs, chase knox and mcpherson were all in the final and yeah it was a coin flip on who was going to start and um and now i think the it was on yahoo and yahoo just kind of has left it so far it looks like yeah i guess i guess might as well mention too like on mfl yahoo uh also on sleeper and uh, i think those are the any most common ones but they left their messages on twitter and also on their profiles and on their on their platforms that they're going to call the week as is because the week 17 was called week 17 Monday nighter was called a non-contest. A lot of it was contingent on whether that week 17 game is going to happen. I think a lot of commissioners were waiting for that, but they ended up calling it a non-contest. So a lot of the platforms call it as is, but they have an, you know, an asterisk on there that commissioners or other leagues can do something different if they so choose basically, because it's such an unprecedented event, leaving it up to the leagues to decide what to do. So that being said, uh, we, I've heard things from, you know, the guys talking to each other, shaking hands, splitting pots, co-winners moving forward. Uh, I've heard we're so far ahead that it was just like, this is so complicated. We're pull, I'll pull the pin. We'll let you have the win because it's so confusing. But what we ended up coming up with in, uh, in our charity league and my commissioned league, uh, we talked about that if the weeks, and keep in mind, we were talking about this on the Wednesday, Thursday, before we, we got any news about this week 17 game, that if the week 17 game happens, we'll use those points. If they don't happen, we're going to use the week 18 points. That was our decision. Is that the right decision? Who really knows, right? It's all dependent on your individual leagues. Uh, we thought it was important that, you know, these are big players that we use those points. It's the only fair way. Uh, it's not like we're using a several different games uh, and trying to refigure out the structure. 
it's the same players playing in a, in a week. We felt that was the most fair way to do it. Uh, I was in another league where it was, if the week 17 game happens, we're doing it. If week 18 doesn't, then we're going to pull the pin. We even discussed follow the days following was if the, you know, if, if the news isn't great and the Buffalo bills and the Bengals decide, you know, we're not playing football for the rest of the year until playoffs or something. What do you do? Do you pull a random player off your roster and then you start them in those, you know, there's, there's a lot of different contingencies, um, whether or not, you know, I've had several people ask, well, what are you doing? What are you, what are you with the guys on your podcast doing? What are they doing in their leagues? How does this impact them? Um, so that, that's kind of what, where we ended up going with it, but any of your leagues there, Zach, do anything a little bit different or, or what was something that, uh, that you thought was the right thing? And, and keep in mind at home, if you're listening, there is no right answer. Like, don't go to us and say, oh, well, these guys on the podcast are doing this. Like, just because we're doing something doesn't mean it's the right answer. There's, you need to talk to your commission. You need to talk to the people in your league. And there's, there's a decision to be made based on yours. That's why those platforms left that open. We're just giving recommendations, but anything that you did differently, Zach there, or what was something that you thought was a, uh, you know, a good contingency plan? Uh, the one league that uh, the one dynasty league that I'm in without you guys, um, the first place game was very far out of hand and the, uh, the now second place finisher just conceded uh, said there is no chance that even if uh, I believe it was Chase had his best game, he wasn't going to catch up. So that one was was fairly easy. With that that league also has a, a third place matchup that I was involved in. Um, I was up, I think, about eighteen or nineteen with uh, my opponent having digs and a safety to go. Um, so it was going to be a tight matchup regardless of the game was played or not. Um, I, I initially offered that he just take um, the next two best options, similar to what was done uh, the previous years with COVID, but we, we ended up just splitting the third place uh, reward, I guess, splitting the, the money and, uh, and then we just kind of figured out the draft spots from there. So, uh, that one was kind of just a, a handshake agreement, but, uh, I think it would have been, a, would have been pretty tricky for us to, uh, postpone and, and wait for this week or, uh, wait for future weeks to, to adjust the scores for those players. We're in, we're in one scenario, very similar to what you had mentioned, Zach, the first place was so out of hand. I think the final score was. He was sitting at 196 and the other guy had like 105. So he needed like a hundred points, which is never going to happen. You know, like it's, it's over, but same thing. We have a third place game and third place. And it's a, it's our high stake money. It's, it's our big money league. So there's a lot of money on the line. So it was, what are, what are we going to do? You know, like what's, what's going to happen. And uh, I'm just pulling up the stats here. Uh, bear with me. Sorry. Um, we were, oh, excuse me. I think in the, in this league, we, uh, we had a 18 point lead with Joe Burrow still to play and he had Stefan Diggs. So, and this is one where the quarterback points are, you know, a little bit, uh, they're a little bit souped up, I guess, you know, you get a little bit extra points um, based on the performance of good, um, good players. So we are trying to figure out and the same thing the commissioner had mentioned that, and I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, commissioner in this league i'm just obviously a participant uh so I, we're up to the commissioner to start making some decisions and talking to us and figure out what we're going to do uh but currently we were up 126.5 and he had 108.5 and he had digs and we had um we had burrow so it's one of those ones where it's like if you go based on what you think is going to happen this is over but you know stranger things have happened so <laughs> Unfortunately, they are asking, you know, do you want to shake on it to move forward? And we didn't want to be the guys to be like, well, it's over. But at the same time, because it's a lot of a lot of money on the line. So we ended up having what we're going to do is we're doing the week 18 points. And I was talking to uh, I was actually talking to my brother in law, Lucas, who does, you know, the, the Wellesley's wagers at the end of the episode. And it's a it's a weird situation when you're the player or the team that is up or winning. Cause you don't want to be like, Hey buddy, it's over. 
because you're the one with the advantage in the situation. You were kind of hoping that the person that's losing or seemingly out of reach is going to go in and be like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm facing reality here. This is over. Like, what are the chances that Stephon Diggs is going to outscore Joe Burrow by 18 points? Pretty unrealistic, but that's this is an unrealistic, this is an unfathomable situation that we've been put in. Uh, we kind of had some contingency plans in the background when we were doing the COVID stuff, but, you know, that was – that was a couple of years back. That was totally different than that was in during playoffs. But um, so if hopefully, and I don't, I don't know if this helps or not, obviously we're, we're a fantasy football podcast, but uh, we don't have the answers here because we've never had to do anything like this before. So hopefully everything at home there for you guys is taken care of and settled. And, and if it's not, hopefully week 18, you know, whatever scenario you're put in, hopefully everything goes, uh, goes well for you in, in your fantasy championships. What you guys kind of brought up with uh, thinking about the COVID contingency plans, you know, like that's a, that's a very good idea. I think for, for leagues who still need to figure it out is it is similar to when games are canceled during COVID and, and what you would do then. Right. Cause that's pretty much what happened. The, the game was canceled. Um, you do the next guy up kind of thing, right. Or whatever your league had decided during the COVID times, right? So league by league, situation by situation, right? Yeah, in our one league, we were, how did it work there, Zach? And it was in our, I think it was in the Misfits League, we always had to designate the one player just in case the game didn't happen. This was our designated player before they played. Like, it was, what a weird time. It's been a a weird (laughs) couple of years for fantasy football, man, I tell you. Um, Continuing on here, it's going to be a shorter docket. We had obviously two big things to talk about was DeMar Hamlin and uh, how your fantasy championship is kind of going to gonna settle out. But uh, we've got a few things here. Uh, we got our, obviously, 22 quick question. Uh, we're going to take care of that. We've got our weekly recap of our studs and duds. And then just an early NFL playoff pick. It's just, uh, obviously, there's some playoff situations that are still undecided. Uh, but we're going to try and take a shot in the dark here and see if we can uh, figure out uh, who's going to win the NFC AFC championship and then who is going to be in the Super Bowl slash win the Super Bowl. So, Continuing on here, we'll take care of the uh, quick question of the week. And this one's a fun one, uh, predominantly in, uh, you know, a dynasty aspect, uh, thinking about players that have been climbing up that board, uh, maybe trading, but then in the redraft mindset, who's somebody that you're going to be want to be drafting next year or somebody that's been, you know, flying up on your radar. Um, so maybe we'll go to, uh, we'll start with Zach. Uh, Zach, I love this one. And Armin, I love your very first one there. Those are two names that I had profile for this one so I had to pivot pretty quick but we'll go to Zach first and then Arm in second so uh my answer for this question was Devontae Smith uh Smith entering the year was being drafted as wide receiver 37 wide receiver 38 um I think that was in part because he had a, a successful but not great rookie year um, I think people may have had questions about uh, Jalen Hurts and his ability to pass the ball. And then there is also the elephant in the room that is A.J. Brown coming into Philadelphia. But uh, Smith has answered all those questions and more. Uh, currently sitting at wide receiver 10 on the year and seemingly looking like somebody that is going to be a uh, perennial wide receiver one top 12 type wide receiver for for years to come uh especially as long as he's part of this philadelphia passing offense armand your uh your guy there that's uh i think that's one that i think a lot of people are going to be considering especially the way he's been playing the last couple weeks you want to talk about yours yeah so the first name i had listed here is cam Akers, and you know he's been on a bit of a tear these last few weeks of the fantasy season and um he's finally kind of found his form back and you know what you can kind of think of it like not saying cam Akers is the same player as Saquon Barkley but think about Saquon coming back from his big injury last year right he he wasn't quite the same last year it took him a bit to to start to find his feet again and that's what you kind of see from Akers this year right even though he had that remarkable recovery he came back for the playoffs and he did decently in the playoffs last year, but it wasn't like setting the world on fire. It wasn't like the same Cam Akers. Like we were excited and we thought, yeah, next season he'll be good, but he wasn't quite the same guy yet. 
And he didn't reach that Cam Akers that, that we know he could be until late in the season here. And um, yeah, like he put up 34 points on Denver, which is incredible and was the RB1 that, that week. And, you know, like his efficiency is getting better. He's, he's getting more involved and hopefully next year that, that Rams offense is healthy again, right? Like it's just been a bad year for, for the Rams in general with, with injuries. And if, if the Rams have Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, all the weapons back, well, that should open up the run game for Akers, and and I I'm pretty excited for for Akers for next year. I I wrote him off. I thought he was done. I I could have got him real cheap this year in Dynasty, and I ended up uh, switching the name for for George Pickens instead of Akers. And I'm I'm kind of wondering if I made the wrong decision. Now we'll we'll see. Time will tell. But uh, um, right now, Akers is looking like the the better guy than than Pickens at the moment. What a roller coaster it's been for Cam Akers this season. Went from being just about dropped to trying to get traded to healthy scratch to being <laughs> phenomenal. It's been been a wild, wild year. Oh yeah. Mine uh, mine's an interesting one. Obviously, I like the uh the rookie wide receivers, but they, you know, just naturally they're gonna climb on ADP uh, like Garrett Wilson and Chris Lave, who both had great seasons. Um, but the name I'm gonna bring up, and it's an interesting name because down the stretch here he's fizzled a little bit. Uh, it's Christian Kirk. He was wide receiver 40 this season. And uh, going into next year, we, we've seen Trevor Lawrence start to increase his production and start to become the quarterback that we thought he was when we were entering draft season. And next year, I really, really like the Jacksonville Jaguars offense moving forward. And Trevor Lawrence is a name that I think I'm going to be trying to get on my fantasy rosters late, kind of like we were targeting a Jalen Hurts or uh, I imagine a lot of people are going to be hot and bothered by Justin Fields, but I think Trevor Lawrence is a name I think a lot of people are going to have to monitor because not only have he, we seen him start to rush a little bit more, we've seen him do very, very well. And he, there's a connection with Christian Kirk, but we also have uh, another wide receiver coming back and we don't know what he's going to do because we haven't seen him play in a couple of years. That's Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley is a big body who is going to be taking a lot of attention if he is back to even, you know, somewhat remotely form that we saw him when he was in Atlanta. Uh, and that's just another weapon for Trevor Lawrence, but it's going to create that space for Christian Kirk. Uh, so Christian Kirk is a name that I'm very curious on because he had a great start to the season and fizzled down the stretch. Um, and obviously was wide receiver 40. Uh, it's, he's, he outproduced that quite drastically. So those, those are a couple names that Trevor Lawrence, obviously that stack is somebody that I'll be interested in uh, moving forward next year. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out there because uh, Zay Jones also has his blow up games as well. So, yeah, he's that Jacksonville good. offense, just like you said, that Jacksonville offense should be really good. Etienne was one of my tertiary guys for for this thing. Yeah, he, uh, I, you know, I think that offense is going to be slept on just because historically what we know of Jacksonville is they're Jacksonville. It's kind of like what everybody used to think about Detroit. So this that they're just, you know, they're Detroit. They do Detroit things. Jacksonville, they do Jacksonville things. Houston, they do Houston things. But I think there's going to be a lot of. I think there's going to be a lot of corn on the cob there left over for in Jacksonville that there's going to be some pretty good fantasy options. But we'll continue on here and we'll move into our um, our weekly recap as our studs and duds. Uh, I'll kick this one off. And this one was an absolute roller coaster. Um, in, in our group chat, I was going bananas on uh, the fantasy championship week on that Sunday because my team drastically underperformed. Uh, I was an 87 or an 88% chance victory before opening kickoff on Thursday. And then going into the Sunday afternoon, I was a 9% chance of victory. It was an absolute roller coaster in the fantasy championship week. And I had left Joe Mixon and Devontae Adams. And my opponent had Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Uh, he had uh, Keenan Allen. And then he had T. Higgins. So I was like, yeah, I'm toast especially with Jared Stidham at the helm and Devontae Adams. We talked about on the pod so much last week about how it's going to be, you know, a rocky start and you, ho you hope for the best. Like I was really, honestly, I was hoping for like five catches, 50 yards and a touchdown. That's, that's all I was hoping for. And that would have been an incredible week for Devontae Adams. Instead, I got absolutely treated to 30.8 fantasy points, seven catches for 153 yards on 11 targets and two tutties. This was the second best, oh no, sorry, third best performance that Devontae Adams had all year. And it came with 
Stidham following a 8.6, 4.8, 2.5 fantasy finish to going to fantasy championships with a backup quarterback. I was absolutely sweating bullets. And then he got the first one and I was just pumped. Then he hit that second toddy and I was going absolutely bananas because I was screen watching both the Vikings game and this uh, 49ers versus uh, Vegas game. And I was just going bananas thinking, you know, I locked up my championship and, and uh, fortunately with that big performance, I did lock it up. So Devontae Adams, you are a godsend. Thank you very much for, for going bananas on the, on the perfect week. Uh, you are my stud of the week. Uh, progressing here, we'll continue into uh, the studs here. Uh, Zach, let's hear, let's hear your stud. Yeah, before I get into mine, I, I can't agree more. Uh, Adams put me over the top in, in Armin's league there. I was Jonah Hill from Moneyball all game at my parents' house, just celebrating every every tutty that he had. It was fantastic. Uh, and the reason I needed Adams to go off like that was because my opponent had Austin Eckler, who had just over 30 points uh put together a couple of touchdowns and a couple of receptions, just doing Austin Eckler things, uh, 150 yards combined through the, on the ground and through the air. Um, Austin Eckler is somebody that I think is uh, maybe slept on a little bit, even though he was like the third or fourth player off most draft boards this fall. Uh, he is somebody that, I don't think I ever give consideration to as the number one overall pick, but somebody that year after year puts together very productive seasons and should be getting or should get some consideration for the 101. You hit the nail on the head there, Zach. He's just so slept on. And like you, like I think he isn't, he should be in consideration for it. Uh, a guy, and he came out to a slow start. So I think a lot of people are pretty concerned about that, but I think he had a slow week one, week two, and then week three on, he was just, unbelievable especially because he's like nicked up right now so this it, it was unbelievable to see that performance on what he's like the reports are coming out that you know he's got a hamstring tweak or something that he is he's in rough shape and, and it didn't look in a rough shape man he was putting up points big time for for fantasy championship week armin who is your stud of the week for fantasy championship week my stud this week was Mike Evans. I came on last and put my names in last, and I was surprised not to see his name on there because of the torch that he just lit on that field. Um, he had 10 catches, 207 yards, and three TDs for 43.7 half-point PPR points and almost 50 points if you count it full PPR. Um that is wild. Um, in the two of my leagues, he was in the championship matchup, and he pretty much was the team. He put up a third of the points for the one guy, and then for the other league, it, the guy ended up going off for 200 points, so he put up about a quarter of the team's points. But wild. Yeah, you uh, you, you ain't kidding there, Armin. That was... Uh a huge week. I think he was the number one, <clears throat> number one point getter on the week. And he doubled his touchdowns over the, the entire season in one game, hit three touchdowns the entire week, <clears throat> entire season. And he got three in that one game. So making up for lost time for sure. Uh, going into the duds, this one pissed me off big time. Uh, Thursday nighter should have been a huge smash play against Tennessee. Uh, they're pretty decent against the run, but they are brutal in the air. And Dak Prescott laid a turd right in the middle of the field. Um, you know, the fantasy points aren't bad, but in your championship, you want bigger. And 13.38 points is not what I wanted. And uh, that's what he got. That's one of the lowest performances for quarterbacks against Tennessee on the season. He had below a 70% completion rate. Uh, and he threw two touchdowns but he also had two interceptions and he also had uh, one fumble lost as well. So he had, but where he made up for it was 282 throwing uh, air, air yards. So four, three turnovers altogether is what really hurt him. And depending on what your settings are for quarterbacks, I know some are you know super and some are really bad. Uh, those really could have hurt you in our one league. Uh, an, uh, an interception story is negative four points. 
So that could have really, really burnt you if you started Dak Prescott in that Thursday night and really would have put you behind the eight ball moving forward into your fantasy championship. Um, I was hemming and hawing between Dak and a couple other quarterbacks I have on my team and thought this was such a great matchup and it's going to set me forward in my from my Thursday nighter and, and, and help me make some decisions moving in the week. And said it, uh, it really made me tilt quite a bit. So Dak Prescott is my dud of the week. Uh, Zach, let's, uh, let's hear yours. So this is somebody that has had a topsy-turvy up and down rookie season, but my dud this week was Garrett Wilson. Um, after the past couple of performances, it seems like it doesn't matter if it's uh, Mike White, Zach Wilson, or even uh, Flacco himself. Uh, right now, that passing offense in New York just isn't getting things done. Uh, Garrett Wilson had just over three fantasy points uh, through three receptions on 11 targets for 18 yards. Um, this one is it's going to be interesting because I think we all assume that New York is going to upgrade their quarterback play this offseason. But then depending on who they bring in, um, it's still going to be interesting, I think, come draft season, how people value uh, Garrett Wilson. And even in like the dynasty sense, how people value Garrett Wilson this offseason will be interesting, I think. If they get Derek Carr, it's going to be electric because he loves to hyper target those larger receivers. It would be unbelievable. That's that's a quarterback that I I've talked about this. I think we talked on the I can't remember if I talked about the pod last week or if it was just you know talking fantasy football buddies. But that's a guy that's just just got a rough a rough break in uh, with the Raiders. There they're they've never had an above the um, the twenty first rated defense his entire career. So I, not to say he's a superstar quarterback, but he stretched the imagination. But I think he got a raw deal. So I think wherever he ends up in the free agency or trade market this upcoming year, I think I'm going to be pretty intrigued to, uh, especially Superflex League, to be getting on the Dare car train. But uh, Armin, you're dud. This one, and I, it sucks if you had him in your fantasy championship week because, I mean, he, he's the one of probably the reasons he got you there. Uh, so I know it hurts a little bit more when it's in that final week. Uh, and I know it hurts for you, especially as not only you had them in some of your leagues there, Armin, but also as a, as a homer pick of the week too. So let, let's hear your dud. This one sucks. Justin Jefferson. He He's my pick this week for, for dud of the week. Um, I, this is the reason why I was last on the docket. I was hoping one of you guys would put his name down so I didn't have to talk about uh, one of my, my favorite team's best players, but uh, one catch for 15 yards for a two points in half point PPR and 2.5 and full point. Um, just a turd of a week for a guy who all season long, I don't think he got under, under 10 points. Actually, week two. He had one bad week in week two, but otherwise he was lighting it up all season long and um, to do that in the fantasy uh, finals is uh, is a big uh, big hurt on the soul for for a lot of Vikings fans who probably drafted him early, trying to get in front of other people. Yeah, that that one hurts the most. I think out of all of the four weeks, that one definitely hurts the most. Um, so going into our last segment of the episode here, uh, going into our early NFL playoff picks, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there's, I think, one AFC position still up for grabs, two AFC positions up for grabs, I think, and one NFC position still up for grabs. Um, so there's still some uncertainty here, but we're going to have a little bit of fun. We'll do our official playoff picks next episode once we have everything ready to go, go through the, you know, the, the actual uh, individual wildcard matchups, et cetera. Uh, but we got our NFC, AFC championship game predictions our super bowl prediction as well as our champion prediction um so we'll go through these and uh see if any of us can hit on some of these so armin who do you have in your nfc championship game all right so i went homer here i'm hoping that uh the vikings can get through philadelphia i think that is actually doable with uh hertz not having a lot of playoff experience and you never know what the Vikings, they could just go off and, and take that game. So I'm going Minnesota versus the 49ers for the NFC Championship game. Um, I think the 49ers are a great team. Um, they've shown that they can win no matter who's their QB. 
um, that is just a good sign that um, you are so deep at every other position that um, there's really no way to stop them. Yeah, I think we have all three of us have the 49ers in this one. So, Zach, who do you got? Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, 49ers, but I am taking 49ers at Philadelphia against the Eagles. Uh, what hurts Malak in NFL playoff experience, he makes up for in spades in uh, college football playoff experience. So I think he has that uh, the right attitude and the right mindset, uh, having had those experiences in the past. So not going to hold that against them. So that's my NFC matchup. I, uh, I went homer pick as well, Armin. And this one's really sketchy because they haven't even solidified a playoff spot yet. Uh, but I'm just going all in on the lines. Seattle's going to lose tomorrow. Uh, Detroit's going to win tomorrow. They're going to get in and they're going to keep winning on, on that train. It's going to be Lions versus 49ers. I'm going homer pick for sure. Haven't got to do that in a long time. So when you get a chance, you got to take you got to take a swing. So Armin, right. AFC championship game, who do you got? Hey, at least uh, my homer pick's a little bit more realistic than yours, but... Uh, Shooting for the stars, baby. Yeah, you got you to gotta believe, right? They're your team, you got to believe. I see uh, not wanting to spoil it too much or anything, but Zach doesn't believe. Uh, AFC Championship game. Um, I'm going Bengals versus Bills. Um, I I think it's going to be, be a fresh AFC with no Chiefs for the first time in a long time. And those Bengals are are uh, just hitting their stride at the exact right time of the year again, just like they did last year. And the Bills are are going to be fired up all playoffs, uh, trying to to win win the games for for Hamlin there. I think. Uh, Zach, who do you got? I went Bills Chiefs. Um, maybe a little bit shock on this one, but. Don't know where it's going to be played with this crazy NFL uh, playoff matchup, uh, neutral site field conversation that's been going on. But uh, I think those are, those have been two of the three best teams uh, in the league all season. So I would expect, and I'm looking forward to another fantastic AFC championship game like we saw last year. And uh, JC, I'm telling you, January 28th and 29th in sunny California. You book, book the days off now, book your flights, go watch the Lions play uh, at Levi stadium. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I will do it. I've got seven days to burn Zach. I got seven days to burn. I'm going to do it. If it happens, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things got to go right here. Zach. I'm telling you. <laughs> Um, I went the same AFC as, as Armand, uh, Bengals Bills. I think Bengals are coming back with redemption here. Uh, they've, they've been to the downs. They came up short, obviously against the Rams. I think they got another, uh, another chance here. Um, but two, two teams, we, we wanted to see this matchup on Monday night. Obviously we did not get to because of the you know scary situation, but this is the matchup that we're going to see. Uh, I believe in the AFC game, Armand Super Bowl champs of those four teams, who do you got in the Super Bowl and who do you have as the champion? All right, so I'm going with, uh, in the game, the 49ers versus the Bengals. Um, yeah, I think Joe Burrow's going to make it there again, but I don't think he's going to finish it again. He's going to go 0-2 in his first two Super Bowl appearances, and the 49ers, with the depth they have and just how good Shanahan is at scheming, are finally going to win the Super Bowl for Kyle Shanahan in the Bay Area will go wild because they are now going to be Super Bowl champs and NBA champs at the same time. <laughs> Always a bridesmaid, never a bride for old Joe Burrow in your eyes, eh, Armin? Oh, I love Joe Burrow. He's going to win a lot of Super Bowls throughout his career, but this year isn't quite it yet. He's not going to quite make it. But those bang that Bengals team, like I said, they're hitting their stride right at the right time. They're getting hot. And they are dangerous. So, um, you know, it could be a, that one's a toss up, but I, I'm leaning on the side of, of the tough defense with an offense that just has weapons without maybe the QB that the Bengals have, but they got weapons all over the place. Zach, who do you got? So, my Super Bowl matchup is Niners versus Bills. And I believe I picked the Bills to 
lose the Super Bowl preseason, but now that the Rams are uh, not surprisingly out of the equation, I'm picking the Bills to win the championship. Um, I'm going the Battle of the Cats here. We got uh, Lions versus Tigers. I'm going Detroit Lions versus Cincinnati Bengals. Um, like I said, a man can dream. I'm going to go from San Francisco to Cincinnati in a span of two weeks. Uh, go watch the NFC Championship, and then I'm going to dra- then I'm going to just drive. I'm going to save some money on the flights. I'm going to drive Cincinnati, and I'm going to go watch the uh, watch a little bit pregame stuff. You know, maybe get some insider information. And then I'm just going to keep on going to Arizona. I'm going to do an unreal little uh, circuit, get to see a little bit of everything. And then I'm going to go down to Arizona, and I'm going to watch the Battle of the Cats. But unfortunately, I'm going to see my lines come up a little bit short. Joe Burrow is going to get his first of many, according to Armin, uh, first of many Super Bowl championships. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going to watch my Lions Cinderella story come to an end. So that is my Super Bowl unfathomable early prediction, uh, the Battle of the Cats. Anything uh, anything to add to your fellas before we uh, wrap this one up? I know it's a little bit of a weird time here with you know week 18. Some people are still playing fantasy. Lots of people aren't. Uh, we're going to get some good stuff coming down the pipe here. We're going to have our bracket challenge coming up again, our charity bracket challenge. We did that last year. Um, and we had no, obviously, um, I guess forgot to mention this at the start, but uh, congratulations to Mason Hawks who won our charity league. He beat uh, Zach Hayes and then Tim Stewart uh, got third place in the fantasy championship as well too. So anything to add your fellas before we wrap this one up? Right on, right on. Okay. Well, best of luck to you out there. Um, if you're in your week 18 championships, if not, uh, I know Armin's have been a big fan of the DFS all season. We're going to start jumping on DFS train next week during uh fantasy or sorry, during a uh, football playoff season. Uh, we did it last year. It was a lot of fun, put a little bit of wagers on there too. So we'll take care of that as we get forward. A lot of fun stuff still to still to come down the stretch. So keep listening to the, uh, fantasy football podcast. Uh, that's week 75 in the books. Episode, sorry, episode 75 in the books. Thank you for listening, everybody. Take care out there. Let's talk soon.